kind of tired, but also kind of anxious, I guess. Yeah, anxious is the right word. Because uh, still got a lot of stuff to plan or together for the trip, upcoming trip. So... Do I have to tell you that you're over-germifying germifying your vacation? Um, could be, could be. Uh, but it's been that way uh, forever for me. So <laughs> I, I guess it's one part German, being German, and another part being uh, really, really organized in some parts, at least. I mean, not when it comes to this podcast or anything, but... <laughs> that is not organized at all. <laughs> Just doing whatever. Exactly, exactly. And then I leave you to figure out where to cut stuff because <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to read the show notes or whatever. But yeah, um, no, you, I'm, I'm definitely overthinking it. But I don't know how to switch my brain off. So, Are you the kind of person that plans ahead what to do what day on a vacation um mostly no i just good put like pins into especially on google maps like here i want to go here i want to go this is what i want to do except i check beforehand this, these days with internet and stuff it's um with the internet and it's making this much easier i just check ahead if especially on a short vacation like if it's only one week or something, if something I want to do is only available on certain dates. So I know I have to do something specific on a specific date if I want to do it. And um, if I have to reserve a spot or something like that. So that, that's what I check. If there's like no limit on it, like, I don't know, uh, museums or something where which are open pretty much the whole week or something like that, then I'm just like, well, we'll fit it in where it fits. Okay, I was already afraid that I have to um, cancel the podcast in general. <laughs> I never talk to you again. I hate people who... Well, obviously, if you go by yourself, do whatever. Um, but I, I took trips already with people who had to ha have everything planned down to the minute. And it's... Oh. Um, that's not why I go on vacation. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, well, you also have to be uh, upfront about what type of vacation you're going to have. And most of the time, uh, I, I try to like have distinct parts of doing stuff and doing nothing. Like the, the vacation-y part of the vacation, basically. Like, chilling on the beach, at the pool, or whatever. And some people just have to have clear lines between like, this day is going to be a cultural day, visiting stuff and looking at pretty things and stuff like that. And some people don't. So you just have to talk about that if you're going in a group. Yeah. But otherwise, now I, I like to plan things, yes, but not down to the minute or the day. So I'm not in your room anymore. <laughs> and not in my house. Not in yes. your house. Yeah, not even in the same city. Successfully survived Berlin. Yeah. Well, anyways, this is not a 
What's New in Berlin podcast. This is still, at least for the foreseeable future, <laughs> a keyboard community podcast, at least somehow. Somewhat. Although we're trying, subconsciously trying really hard to, <laughs> yeah, to talk about other yeah. stuff, apparently. Yeah, I, I think we just need to do a, a meta podcast. Like what we want to talk about while doing a podcast and then just put that stuff there and maybe cut around so we get one decent keyboard episode out of it. Yeah. So we have to make an, an episode about what's your favorite Pepe um, Discord emoji. <laughs> probably fields y man yeah that's, that's a good pretty one. high up there um yeah uh back to keyboards i guess <laughs> uh, yeah we had, point, we, last, we had a topic last week that we didn't yeah talk yeah about and we did and we did the same shit <clears throat> the same thing uh we did this time just like with keyboard stuff we just talked about it and totally hit our uh totally missed our mark that we wanted to hit uh which was the topic of what kinds of stuff um but in the in the main part we wanted to talk about the aftermarket in the keyboard community uh, yeah the aftermarket um in the keyboard community and what it does what its implications are to things that are not the aftermarket i guess yeah you could say uh, exactly how it has a general impact uh, impact on on how the community deals with basically bias uh, not only group bias but buying and selling and when we're talking about aftermarket it's people are selling their stuff they own that they hopefully own there's always uh, the fear of uh, hitting a scammer or something but uh, and to people that want to own such stuff yeah but um it hasn't been a while since there was like a scamming um post or scamming outcry in the mac market in mac market at least i haven't seen one in a while yeah there was a time where one guy scammed like multiple times under multiple names but yeah i don't know if it's reddit getting better but i doubt that because it's just so easy to 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 go around it in general. Yeah, I think in large parts it's due to uh, what I, I feel like. <clears throat> what what I see is that a lot of sales are not happening happening over Mac market anymore. Um, speaking for myself, a lot of the recent stuff I bought after market was through Discord. Just like people I knew or channels I'm in. Um, yeah. And stuff that doesn't even get to Mac market because you obviously just try to sell it to people you know or have a closer relationship to before before you're going into the wild, uh, wild west. That's Mac market. Yeah. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I think everything... Um worthwhile that i sold recently was through discord i only sold um like really really entry level things on on mac market stuff that people i know on discord wouldn't bother to buy anyways yeah so it's like um the last resort basically yeah exactly it's just uh, so much easier if you can sell 
something to somebody that you have contact with at least somewhat regularly yeah or that uh the when you can like <clears throat> easier check up on them um often enough uh, on mac market yes you have the not voting system um what's the term like this score yeah the trade score. scoring straight score straight <clears throat> trade score exactly um but that's sometimes problematic too because often enough i i know people from discord and their reddit handles and i bought and sold more stuff with them over discord so their reddit score trade score on mac market is rather low but i have a closer relationship to them so i feel way better dealing with them than maybe someone with a high score there have been cases if i remember correctly where somebody with a high score just started to turn around basically to do a turn code and scam everybody so it's not a good line of defense it's it's something to help you but it's not a fix-all yeah i mean i think i have more trades on discord than i have on mac market and yeah. at this point i don't have anything anymore really that i have to sell on mac market i hope so at least only if like something like the tier 60 build that is kind of a meme build like if nobody <laughs> if nobody wants that i can understand it <laughs> um <laughs> but otherwise i rather not sell stuff on mac market anymore yeah and also not buy anything on mac market i don't really have anything that i would want that is on mac market like in my head in my like subconsciously i just add a high cost even if it's not money on top of whatever they ask for just because i have to deal with like a random person on mac market yeah and that that's the same thing for me because often enough if if you're lucky i i had a, f a few instances of that where you just have, have some th someone who is from the same country or even maybe europe makes things way easier um to get in touch with them and and get them to ship stuff but sometimes if you're dealing with people from um outside europe or outside your own um area of influence and that's for me is europe is that sometimes you get run into a lot of problems like with shipping internationally people don't understand custom uh, stuff if they never have shipped internationally or something like that then you have to deal with it so that's something like what you mentioned with the added costs even if it's not money it's maybe your own time it's your own nerves because you have to deal with stuff you don't want to deal with and yeah but that's more uh, all these points are about the a bit of the about the form of mac market so you i mean it's just like you post so for, maybe we should explain at this stage should have done it earlier maybe but at least let's get it in here mac market it's it's a, a subreddit that's dedicated to buying and selling or exchanging keyboard stuff keyboard things and basically you can either post 
I have this, I want money or want to trade for something else and the other way around. Like I'm looking for this and this and I'm willing to pay this much or something like that. And then people can respond to you. But the actual sale is then happening either via Reddit direct messages or whatever. Um, and then there's not much beyond that. You're responsible to for dealing with everything, making sure that everybody gets what they want, like money or the product and such. Um, and yeah, that's about it. And when, we, when we're talking about aftermarket or Mac market, <clears throat> um, it's often enough these type of sales. Like you, you, somebody says, I want to sell this. This is what I want. And then you get in touch with the person and try to buy it. Um, now, the, apart from what we personally may have against this type of dealings, like the, the amount of time and um, money you sometimes have to invest, mm-hmm. um, is also that since there's no, no one controlling what is sold at which price is it, is it sold and stuff like <clears throat> and, and so on, it it's what like what i said it's a bit of a wild west like if you have something you can put it up and you can ask for any price you want basically there's nobody that says otherwise well initially (laughs) if you're if you're setting a price rather high you will get some people that are going to post like uh are you sure this is the right price um yeah there are two two options basically. If you're way too high, somebody will tell you you're way too high. If you're way too low, it will just be instantly sold. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting if your inbox is full of DMs after you post it, um, you either have something very valuable or you posted a too low a price. Um, yeah. But what we are trying to get it today and we're slowly getting there is what's uh, what's normally known as flipping do you want to tell us what flipping means yeah somebody buys some something usually something very limited rare yeah it's, i think it's pretty much always limited and rare and sells it for a much higher price oftentimes directly after the group by ships, so there are unbuilt kits, um, sometimes even just the group by spot before the group by even ends really, and mostly with the goal of making money off the whatever this board or group by is. Yeah, so somebody, just to say it differently, somebody is buying something or buying the spot to, buying some, to, to, to mm-hmm. be able to buy something, for a price that's way above what the product or the spot was originally priced at. And like you said, it's often enough stuff that's limited in any kind of form, Um, either time limited or uh, limit of spots for group buys. Yeah, by limited, I mostly mean limited in, in terms of how many spots 
or kits are available compared to how many people want it. Because, I mean, there is a lot of limited boards that don't have this issue just because less people want it. It's because it's something that can be something just very specific. Yeah, sure. sure. It's um, about the when, when the difference between the want and the off, uh, stuff that is on offer is rather high. So there's not a, not a lot of boards, but a lot of people that want them. Also known as supply and demand. Yes, exactly. Thank you. I just totally blanked on those two words. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And we both often enough uh, realize or, or um, see that there are very different opinions about this kind of flipping in the community. Yeah. So on one side, you have people who say, you know, you bought the spot, you can do with it whatever you want. And I think to a point, that's a fair argument. I mean, absolutely. Especially if you don't flip the spot, but if you flip the actual kit, I mean, you know, you own it, you can do with it whatever you want. On the other hand, obviously, if it's so limited that a lot of people who want it can't get it, it's annoying for them because they would much rather own one and use it while somebody who just bought it to make a profit of it got the spot instead. Which is also a fair argument. And I think the majority agrees with with this behavior being a bad thing for the community overall. Because it artificially raises prices, it makes the keyboard's more expensive for the people who actually want it. Yes. And while not benefiting the people who are actually running the group by designing the board or have anything to do with the product that's being flipped. Yeah. So that's the, that's the side effect of it. The side effect is the effective price of the keyboard raises a lot, but the added... the um, the price that gets added to the original group by price goes to the people who flip it. So they make all the profit. The only person who has a benefit of this behavior being possible is the flipper. Because the, the person who designed it and ran the group by or whatever doesn't see any part of the money. And the person who actually wants to, keep, wants to use the keyboard has to pay way more. Yes. So I think in, in like recently, um, we see a lot of buys doing things a bit different to counter that to some degree. Yes. And, and especially the part about not that, that the people profiting from higher prices are not the people um, who originally have anything to do with the product. So we had this with the recent, uh, no, I have to think. Um, I think the Vern prototype run or whatever it's called officially uh, was done in this uh, matter we are going to describe in a few minutes. And the, was it Keycard? No. Might have been a Keycard. I think it, re- I think it was Keycard number two. Um, they had a 
different system of selling the group by spots, basically, or the boards. Spots, boards can be interchangeable. And what they did is uh, doing it in a certain auction style. Um, I forgot the name for it. It has a name. And I think we both forgot to look it up. Yeah, I'm sure it has a name. Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes, uh, which is our go-to save point at any time. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, the, the idea of that auction is everybody bids their price. The, the bet is... Um, secret, yeah. Secret, exactly. And in the end, the... And these numbers can change. But I think for the Vern, it was like the top eight people got the board. And they paid the price that the ninth, ninth person wanted to pay for it. Not the eighth. I thought it was the eighth. No, I think the, the first eight person get it. But the price is set by the, one, the first one that doesn't get anything. Or have it completely wrong. Second. Obviously, I can be wrong. I mean, I'm wrong all the time. So that's nothing new. So it's called the Vickery Auction. Vickery Auction, right. Yeah. So the top eight bidders will get a board and the price to be paid will be set by the eighth highest bid. Oh, okay. So the person that has the eighth highest bid, the last person to get one, sets the price for everybody. So okay. this auction ensures that the eight people that want to spend the most amount of money on the keyboard get the keyboard without the top seven having to pay the premium over whatever this, the eighth person in, in that case of the, uh, the case of the Wern without having to pay the premium over what the eighth highest bidder bid. Right. So they're paying lower one that than what they wanted to buy it for, basically. Because somebody else was a bit lower. Or they they all could, basically, it could be that all the first eight persons bid the same sum. That could also be the case. But usually it's probably not that case. Um, And what this type of auction does is ensure that those people that are willing to pay the most for a product, in this case, a keyboard, um, get the keyboard. Um, so those would probably be the people that would go into the aftermarket and say, I don't know, like, let's say a board would have cost $400, $500 in the group by run, and then would have been sold at... 1500 or 2000 dollars in aftermarket and these kind of people that are now getting these spots would have been the people that would have bought it at the higher price um, they still are going to pay a higher price than what it could have been probably but the point is everybody pays the price they are willing to pay or at least yeah they, they are at least willing to pay and all the extra money that would usually be going to the flippers is going to the group by runners. Yeah. So the advantage is twofold. 
people who want who want to spend the most have to pay less because the ones on auction are um, very likely lower priced than what the Mac, uh, like one or two pieces that would end up on Mac market would be. And the group by runner gets all the additional profit from it. Yeah, yeah. But there was actually a lot of backslash against at least this particular auction. I think also uh, for the the key cult one. I think it was key cult. Yeah. Um, for one, it's the real life version of pay to win. <laughs> yeah, basically, because like we said in the beginning, it increases the price of the board for everyone because the prices these people are bidding are definitely higher than what the group by run would have cost everybody and so everybody that gets the board has to pay more in the end it's it might be less than what they have would have paid aftermarket for it but it's still more than the other way around and the other thing is it excludes people that can't pay these premium prices on a completely normal um not first come first serve group buy but um a raffle group buy where everybody gets an entry and then the spots for a group for a group buy are raffled out everybody had the chance to get a keyboard if they have the amount of money that the group by runner wants for it. And in these kind of auctions, only people with a lot of money can guarantee they're getting it because they can just like say, I'm, I'm going to pay $4,000. They're probably going to spend less than that, but it may, might guarantee a spot in the top eight. Yeah, but they can say they could spend $4,000. Ex yeah, exactly. They have the kind of money that they can afford this so it's the definition of pay pay to win yeah uh right so there's there are points for it there are points against it anyhow um but this works maybe for something like keyboard raffles or, or group by raffles that are with limited spots there's also another kind of flipping for instance, for or especially with keycap sets, recently GMK Serica, for instance, where a set has a normal run, everybody buys it for the normal group by face pricing, and when the set gets actually delivered, a lot of posts or pictures flood the different channels, and now everybody wants this set. But obviously, there's only a limited number of sets available because, well, only those in the group I got produced. And suddenly, the co cost or the, the selling price for these kind of sets skyrockets. I think the GMK Sirica had something like $600 for a normal base kit, which was, I don't know, what, $100? $20, $140 or something in the mm -hmm. group by phase. Something like that. So a whole lot more money for it. And this kind of auction style doesn't help you 
against these kind of things. Um, it does, kind of. Say what? A bit, at least. Okay. Because um, like, how many Seri cassettes are there? Like a hun hundreds. If you have eight Verns out there, first of all, there are only maximum of eight posts or maybe somebody <laughs> posts multiple times. But like, <laughs> let's say you have 10 posts, so your exposure is way smaller. And the second thing is your starting price is some, somewhere completely different. I think a lot of the things that has to do with the keycap flipping, uh, keycap set flipping, is a lot of people post about it. And then one of the f usually starts, at least from what I see most of the time, it starts by the sets get delivered. And one of the first people who gets one like there will be a nice image very quickly. And then there will be somebody who sells the keycap set for a really high price. And the whole future of the set in terms of what it will cost on Mac market is determined if a person bites on that first single sale. Interesting. Somebody like something new comes out, somebody puts it on Mac market for a really high price. Um, if it gets sold, everybody who will post one afterwards will post it, post it for a really high price because it was sold already for that price. If you put up, if you get a new GMK set and you put it on Mac market for 600 bucks and nobody buys it, the chance that this set will ever reach 600 bucks is really low in my opinion. Uh, true. Because you, ne like, you never have a precedent for it. I, I see where we're getting at. Yeah. Um, the problem is that... <laughs> I feel like in in the current climate in the community, often enough people have a high fear of missing out, so that people might want to get in on the action before the actual action happens, and just when somebody posted something like for not six hundred dollars but let's say three hundred maybe half that, but still a lot more than the original group buy price somebody is gonna buy the set for 300 dollars then the next person well the set sold for 300 dollars let's make it 400 and see if i can get it can get anywhere and then the next person is like well the last set sold for 300 now it's 400 i better buy it before because before it becomes 500 and so on and so on and then suddenly you get a price inflation that's steadily rising yeah but Still just for some sets. I think it's just an interesting, would be an interesting way to um, like do data gathering on it and see what, like how prices of keycap sets go over time. But well, I'm way too lazy to do that. <laughs> it's, it's also probably a bit hard to do. I mean, make market isn't that structured. And like we said, a lot of sales happen outside of make market. Yeah. It's just like make market is the only place you can get that data from like you can search for posts and you can see prices and it's more prominent so often enough people in discourse will post like oh this guy is selling whatever for 600 euros on mac market and you're like what yeah but maybe it's my filter my, my discord filter bubble but i th like the people i know and i have contact with would never flip 
something for a ridiculous price to other people on Discord. No, because often enough, like we try to get on in, in the in the beginning is like often enough you kind of either friends or at least somewhat known with that people so you you would feel bad for like ripping them off because flipping is kind of ripping somebody off i'd say it like that yeah you could argue that yeah but it's um just like maybe it's just that i, I don't have any contact with people who would sell something just for profit yeah i guess <laughs> that's that's the other way around yeah yeah but in, in in general on the other hand like i i get why people are getting up, upset about it because as we already mentioned it it's kind of pay to win only people with a high amount of money can afford it but on the other hand a lot of the stuff in this hobby is expensive anyways like there is already at some level um like um, a monetary gatekeeping happening the good stuff is getting cheaper every year that's good like really good keyboards are getting cheaper on the other hand the high-end stuff is getting more expensive yeah it's like moving in two different directions yeah, I think it's just the the market, so to say, is maturing. Um, yeah, it, hap- it what what happens to keyboards, in my opinion, is what happens to or what happened to all products in some shape or form in some point. Um, as like a market matures, you have the it's easier to make good things cheaply, and because of the growth of the the market, it's also um, easier to sell premium stuff things that are really thought after for higher prices and even if it's not not just like better quality and more expensive materials but also more profit because every everything basically has a market for something that is really nice and also really expensive yeah i think it's just it's just a normal thing for something for a product to for something to happen if the market and the community around it grows in our case it's a community but yeah for everything else yeah and exactly and also with the increasing size of the community and i think the keyboard community is increasing in size um oh yes definitely for instance i think yesterday if, last week anyway um the verge which is a rather large uh and magazine is not the right word like website no, news website. website yeah yeah tech website um did um a, a post about how to build your own custom keyboard which was pretty good actually so it, it oh, was yes. obviously from somebody who is and who is knowledgeable about this stuff and not just like got not the writing assignment like do something about custom keyboards and they bought some cheap aliexpress kit or something yeah you mean not like their pc built video (laughs) (laughs) not like that yeah um so it's a really good article and we're 
probably going to link it in the show notes. Uh, but what I want to say is like we we had some cases of where mainstream media like that normally covers only the uh, larger tech stuff is putting out content that's centered about around custom keyboards and i think that's an indicator how much growth the community has and there are going to be some growing pains and one of those growing pains is that it's going to be harder for everybody to get in on very limited buys because there are just more people interested in it yeah and i think I don't see a problem with that because in my opinion nobody is entitled to a keyboard. The group by runner, whoever designed the keyboard, can do with it whatever he wants. And if he wants to sell it for a really high price, then that's his right, especially if people pay for it. Absolutely. If somebody makes my dream keyboard and it's more expensive than what I can afford, then tough luck for me. <laughs> That's much, just the yeah. reality. And I think a lot of people now or that come into the hobby disagree with that. But I always, uh, uh, always like to compare it to other products. And if you compare it to other products, it becomes obvious that this happens to everybody pretty much every day. There are, for example, there are cars out there that I would love to own but I can't afford it. And I'm okay with that. And I think most people are okay with, with that. Um, same with, well, pretty much everything. Yeah. There's computer hardware that is more expensive than what I could afford. Do I want it? Yes. Will I buy it? No. And I'm not angry at them to have something that is that expensive. If you look at anything that is really high-end in computers, you don't pay. You start The higher up you go, the more you pay for the company's profits and the less for manufacturing costs. Yes, everything that is more expensive usually also costs more, exp more to make. But what really checks up the prices on high-end stuff is profits. And that's with everything. And that's okay. Um, high-end profits always, they were always there and they will always be there. Yes. And they will be there for, for keyboards as well. If you can't afford the keyboard, then, well, too bad, I guess. Yeah, I think what you said about entitlement, it's, it's at some point you get the feel, or often enough you get the feeling that some people just like are feel like they are entitled to own a certain keyboard or are entitled to, in a way, into, to, to at least get into a group buy or something and yeah like you said the hard truth is it well you ain't nobody is and yeah. if people are making stuff that a lot of people want and well then you can fetch higher prices for it like through these auction style buys and i think it's fair to the makers and often enough we have to also say that People don't limit the availability of a keyboard because they want to have it in, in a very exclusive way. Sometimes that's true. Yeah, but often enough, it's just like they can't handle more. Like 
they often have to do their own uh, quality control. They have to make sure everything is in order. They have to package the stuff. And after you go over a certain amount of boards, it gets really hard for a single person in their home, maybe if you don't do this as a job, to, to handle all that stuff. So you're limited to a few boards to be able to run the group by at all. And I think that's some people that sometimes you have to keep this in mind that it's not the group by runner doesn't want you to have his board, but often enough it's just like the way the dice falls. Yeah. So, well, um, I think that's pretty much all we have to say about this for the moment. Mm -hmm. um, no. <laughs> no no there's more there's but wait more. there's but more wait there's more yeah um with the auction and the limited two things i want to say about uh, the auctions and the higher prices is first of all um i think the auctions are only a thing because it is really hard to gauge how much are people how much people are willing to pay for keyboards i think if um the market would be bigger and more professional in some th sense people would gauge what how much you could charge for a really premium keyboard without having to do an auction because if you think about it let's say i i don't know the exact numbers now but let's say the eight worms were sold for i think 800 dollars or something like this if you would have charged the 800, if you would have just said there are eight spots and they are $800, he would have sold all of them as well. And probably to the same people. And partly where I'm coming to this is from other industries that have not a similar issue with flipping, but an issue with having expensive, very limited things. And um, one um, comparison I want to draw is to cars because there are super very very limited edition cars that are also completely unobtainable for a normal person and that are even completely unobtainable for very rich people who could have technically even afford it um, and for example I, I, I looked around a bit in preparation to the topic and um ferrari had the la ferrari aperto is a convertible hypercar but whatever um it's like 1.5 million dollars but ferrari chooses who do, who is allowed to buy it they have a list of people who they like and they contact them and say we have this car coming do you want to buy it and then People say yes or people say no. But I mean, if you have the money, you would always say yes because this is just like, <laughs> there's, it's better than any, any investment you can like reasonably have because <laughs> those cars just make you money in the long run. Yeah. Um, but the interesting part is um, Ferrari, for that La Ferrari Aperto has um, a clause in the sales contract that you are not allowed well, you're technically allowed to sell the car, but in the first 18 months of you purchasing it, they have a right to buy the car back when you want to sell it. 
So if you want to sell the car in the first 18 months, you have to offer it to Ferrari first and they decide if they want to buy it back or not, which I would say they would always do. Which limits the instant flipping of those cars. But increases the price later on, probably, because people just have to wait longer for it. And, well, then still the flipping will happen. Yeah, so th this is not to <laughs> this is not to protect people from heavy, um, selling the cars for high prices. This is for them to protect their own um, exclusivity of the clientele, obviously. Yeah, and they just they just want to to avoid somebody buying the car and instantly selling it to a friend who wasn't able to get one. They want those people to have a car. They want yeah. to choose who has a car yeah. and they want them to keep it. And it's their right. And I think that's an interesting thing with um, for keyboards because I think that could totally be done. I would be totally okay if somebody designs a keyboard and says, oh, I make five and I give it to you, you and you if you want to buy it. And I think that has happened already, but usually you don't hear of it because it's not as public. I think the gasket was like this. Mm. Like a lot of private buys. Could be. Yeah. Or the was it S uh, S in Audilus as well? Like a private uh, buy with with you weren't technically allowed to sell it afterwards? Yeah, definitely. I, I, um but there I think those are rather few group buys. At least well, <laughs> that are that we know of. I mean they these are often enough private and you, yeah, you, you hear, don't hear about it when you see a picture of a keyboard. It's like, oh, I've never heard of this. Then it's yeah, yeah. probably because it was a private buy. So. Especially if it's something special. And I mean, there are only so many people in the keyboard community that have this kind of access usually. Yeah, so exactly. And If one of uh, the 15 people that <laughs> have access to this kind of group buys post something, then you will say, yeah, guess I'm not important enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. But I think that's totally fine. In my opinion... If you design an, a keyboard, if you run a keyboard, do with it whatever you want. The market will decide if what you charge for it is, is worth it or not. Yeah, sure. If yeah. it looks nice, if it works nice, if it sounds nice, I don't know. If your previous boards looked and sound nice, then go ahead and charge whatever for it. Yeah, it's it's normally not a good idea to to be on the upper end of your pricing with your first keyboard if it, if you don't have any history basically it, it, or at least it can get can be hard um but it's not impossible so yeah no you you have to decide if you're a designer a group by runner uh you have to decide what you think this board is worth so either to you and your time you have invested in it um or what it's worth to the people that are going to own it and then you have to set the price. And sometimes you set it too low and there's going to be an aftermarket for it and you don't see any money off that. That's bad, yeah, but that can happen. Yeah, but learn from it. Exactly. I don't think, I think we have to, oh, not that we have to, but there is such a um, an idea against making profit of it or such an... Uh, like a feeling I get sometimes that people are like angry that group by runners are making profit of their stuff. 
And I don't see why. I mean, they invested a lot of time, usually way more time than you give them credit for, to create something. Yeah. And they can charge whatever they want. Like, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> exactly. Vote with your wallet, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's, that's also part often enough un, uh, understated, that the amount of time and money people have to invest before a group buy actually happens is most of the time higher than everybody thinks it is because you, there are often enough prototypes uh, that, that you have to run or maybe even two times if you just had some grave error you have to check again and that's all investment and yeah and i think people should be able to make a profit out of it i mean if we're not in a way supporting our contributors to the community our makers we won't have a community for long because we need people to want to make stuff yeah and i'm not arguing that everybody should just like if you want to sell your keyboard for manufacturing cost plus some emergency profit thing that you might need or might not need then that's fine if you want to to create something and see it as a hobby and you enjoy the time like you enjoy doing it and you see the time investment as not as an investment, but as you having, having fun. And then just go ahead, do that. But I also think on the other hand, if you invest the time and you think that what you created is worth whatever you want to charge over what it costs to manufacture it, then also go ahead. I think it, there's a space for both of those things, of, of those concepts. I don't think they are mutually exclusive. And I have... I get the feeling sometimes that people argue that one might be better than the other. Well, <laughs> if if you have to pay less for something, obviously, uh, most of enough, you're like happy that you don't have to pay that much. So if somebody is just not running with such a high profit, the board is cheaper and you get your stuff cheaper. <laughs> I mean, everybody likes getting cheaper stuff. I think, but on the other hand, yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't prefer the keyboard I want, the hypothetical keyboard I want, to be cheaper. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand you, but just like from from a thought or experiment perspective, basically, it's just like people have to understand that sometimes you pay a higher price to support someone. Some people are trying or are making producing keyboards their main source of income then it's not a hobby for them anymore and, and sometimes you just need to have that in the back of your mind if that's if you're thinking about like why is this price so high well maybe that person that is doing all that stuff to make this a reality needs a bit of money in the end the only time you should have to ask why is this price so high if it's if it doesn't sell that's the, I think for me personally, that's the only, only time why is the price so high is a valid question. Because yes. every, every other time it's because it's worth to somebody is always the answer. Mostly yes. Yeah. If I look at a painting, you know, there are like, <laughs> if, you look at, no, if you look at modern art and you see um, oh, just a blue art. canvas and it sells for millions, it's like, I can ask why, why is this price so high? And then somebody said, because somebody liked it as much. Or just wanted have to wanted to have it as an investment, but whatever. Or valued their own money so little that they just spend it on something like <laughs> yeah. that. 
yeah, but in the end, it's um, it's just because I think it's silly. I would because I only because I would think I wouldn't pay that much doesn't mean somebody else wouldn't. And if somebody else does pay as much, then the price was valid. Yes, that's how I see it. Yeah, even if it means that I can't have this image, not that I want it most of the time, but <laughs> I mean, who wants modern art? On the other hand, like I, I can say that about most of the classic paintings too but yeah i'm yeah. not much of an art guy i guess but i am a keyboard guy yeah. and uh yeah so well i i hope we at least not only scratched but took a deep dive and some corners at last about the whole topic but we are obviously always interested in your opinion uh, on the stuff we talked about um so Get in touch with us tell us your opinion and maybe not in the next episode but the one after that uh if we get enough feedback maybe we can do a like an, an encore episode to this and and talk about the feedback we got yeah uh, yeah you you'll find uh, the way to get in touch with us on our website the dash international dash kit.com and also uh, in the show notes and yes also in the show notes um but i don't know how many people actually have a player that shows show notes well if you don't have a player that shows show notes then you should use one <laughs> first of all second of all gatekeeping no i'm not saying that you have to but you should um also you will not miss my the easter egg i built into the cover artwork sometimes uh, which which now anybody that saw that and now expect probably in I don't every think, episode. I don't think anybody saw it, but uh, probably not. But it was good. It was really it was good. good. <laughs> so if in case you missed it, check out the last episode and keep a close eye on the chapter artwork. But I think this is it for this time. Uh, we've gone long enough <laughs> once more. And well, bye. Yeah. See you. <laughs>